0: All right. Welcome to the Manufacturing Come Up. Today, we have a special uh, interview today where we have two guests, and not only two guests, but the top two guests, right? <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> whatever you want to call us. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you want to say about <laughs> Uh Yeah, but one thing that's a little bit different about this, we have two guests on the show, and we have a short amount of time to get these out. Uh, we'll also hit these guys up again for a longer one-on-one interview at some point in time, but we wanted to catch them here while they have their wonderful background and we're all in one location and we can do it in person. Uh, so Chris, if you would, give us, a, give us your background.
1: This episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation.
0: Elite Automation is a systems integrator specializing in robotic weld cell applications and especially the design and manufacturing of the weld fixture.
1: If you have any robotic world cell needs, you can reach us at RFQ at EliteAutomationUSA.com. Yeah, well, first of all, I love the new show, Manufacturing Come Up, great title. I love the vibe. So excited to share the Manufacturing Happy Hour story here uh, today. And really, Manufacturing Happy Hour started out of necessity. I started my career as a sales guy at Rockwell Automation, and I worked in two markets. I started my career in Houston, Texas, where I was calling on you know a more senior market, People between 40, 60 years old, been at their companies for a long time, relationships, handshakes, those really important. The face-to-face meeting was the way it was done. I moved out to the Bay Area, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and everyone has their visions of what that's like. A bunch of young folks out there kind of running the show, and and there's a lot of truth to that. So my customer base was a younger demographic at that point, 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds that were making decisions. And I needed a way to reach that audience, and I moved out there in my late 20s. So I thought to myself, well, how do I consume content, videos, podcasts? So... Uh, one afternoon, I set up a selfie stick with some books inside of my apartment, um, put my iPhone on it, and recorded a video of a new concept that I sent to some of my mentors at Rockwell. I'm like, hey, I've got this idea where I'll talk about a technology or a trend in our industry over a beer. And my mentors are like, Chris, this is a great idea. So Manufacturing Happy Hour started as a basically a video newsletter that was short form. And over time, as it developed an audience, as I was sharing it on LinkedIn, I turned it into what some people have described described as TEDx meets how it's yeah. made. Mm-hmm. Now it's a long form podcast where we really share the stories, trends, and technologies, the same way you'd talk about them over a cold one through interviews with manufacturing leaders. So while things have evolved, the goal has always been very similar. It's like, hey, let's simplify this. Let's talk about this as if you're having a beverage someone so it's easy to understand. And that way we can attract more people to our industry, help people grow their companies, et cetera. So that's the long and short of manufacturing
2: happy hour. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, Jake. yeah, I'm, I'm Jake Hall. I'm the Manufacturing Millennial. Um, yeah, my story starts, gosh, 16 years ago. So I'm a millennial. I'm 33 years old. And um, my first manufacturing job was working for a machine builder, sweeping the floors, cleaning the manual mills, the CNC's, you know, doing a lot of the grunt work of the industry. and um, has some amazing experiences, you know, doing a lot of the dark, dirty, dangers of what manufacturing was, and having the experience then working work in the welding group and then eventually the panel build stuff. Um, wrapped up high school, went to college. I got my product design and manufacturing engineering degree, biomedical engineering degree, and went to work for an automation distributor for seven years. So I had some amazing experience working with robotics, motion, PLCs, vision, safety, sensors. Um, and really getting the fundamentals of the technology that encompasses new automation in the factory floor. During that time, uh, I went to a variety of conferences, and one of those was AHTD, the Association of High Technology Distribution. And sitting in this conference, there was me and probably 400 other people in the, in, in the group, and I, and I looked across the audience, and they were talking about the impact and the growth of the industry. And these are all the, the owners and the leaders of these companies. And as I look across here, this, I, I think, I'm the only person here under 40. And I think this was the first time I really understood or really noticed the massive underrepresentation of younger workers in our industry. And, and from that, the name, The Manufacturing Millennial, came about because I'm a millennial. I'm in manufacturing. I'm an outspoken person and an advocate for the industry. And the name came. And, and really, honestly, so I, I came up with the name, and I didn't do anything for Six months or so. And, and it didn't happen until the pandemic kicked off in the spring of 2020, where yeah. we had the mandatory work from home, unless you're an essential worker. But in the time, you know, I'm in sales and business development, so they say work at home. Um, and I thought, I need to find a way to reach an audience on the non-traditional emails and, te- and text messages and phone calls. And I said, what's a way I can do it that doesn't feel obtrusive, that doesn't feel that I'm trying to sell a person something? And so I'm just going to start sharing on LinkedIn. And I'm going to start sharing content. I'm going to start sharing how we're solving problems. I'm going to start talking about industry topics. Um, and then over that time, uh, from 2020 to the remainder of that year, I just started to get more engagement and likes and comments on the post with no purpose to go out there and be like, I'm going to be this guy who's talking about stuff all the time. I just shared what I was passionate about. Um, and then 2020, 2021 rolled around and and the uh, the spring, summer of that time. And that's when the numbers were rolling in where I was getting 300, 400, 500 new followers a week. And all of a sudden I went from like 137 connections on LinkedIn to 10,000. And then it was 20,000. It was 30,000. And then you know in a, in, in a month i 'm going to be at like fifty thousand followers like so it was one of those things where um, I, I rule I, I came across this growth because I said I need to be authentic and I need to be an advocate mm-hmm. in, in our industry and and that 's where I would say my growth with the manufacturing millennial has come out where i 'm not here to sell stuff there 's enough people out there selling stuff in the industry what i 'm here is to drive. Awareness to the cool technology that is here to enable manufacturers, and then also how that technology can be used to attract the millennials and now the Gen Zs of our industry to make them more excited about what our industry has to offer for, you know, their future career.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a highly needed thing. That's you know the whole purpose of the show, to grab you guys' background and. And really kind of put a highlight on that so that way people can see a path and, and, and career for themselves, uh, which kind of brings me to the next thing. I'd like to dive a little bit deeper. Chris, what were you like when you were younger? Maybe let's go as far back as you're willing to take us.
1: Yeah, so a couple things that probably made me ripe for engineering or a technical degree, the, the direction I went, uh, you know, from the time I was a kid, I was a Lego maniac. I yeah. think you're going to echo the same thing, <laughs> Jake. So, um, but there was a there was an inflection point for me. It's really it's funny how I got into this because like some people, it's like a gradual thing. Hey, I was good at math and science. Um, I was good at those things. But for me, it was when I went to Six Flags St. Louis to ride uh a looping roller coaster for the first time the ninja yeah. it was awesome um i it's I, I still think it's a very underrated ride but anyway i i got off the ride and i thought it was the coolest thing rode it like six more times that day with with my parents uh mostly my dad i think i my mom went on it once and she's like no no more of that but anyway <laughs> i was like so who builds roller coasters is yeah. you know a young like fourth yeah. grader asks and it's like well engineers do that so it was at that moment like there was never any question yeah. of it from that point it's <laughs> like I'm going to be an engineer because those are the people that build roller coasters. And over time, I learned more and more what went into it. I don't think I fully understood what an engineer did by the time I got to college to study it. I think, you know, I certainly had some aha moments there. But for me, what I was like, you know, I I knew I wanted to go a technical path, Mm. um, but I always had a bit of a... a showman element to me. I played in some punk bands, like growing up in high school and things like that. So when I was in my sales career, I got to the point where it's like, you know, I I think this is the right career for me. I'm good with people. I enjoy talking to people. I'm very extroverted. Not that you need that to be in sales, but I get energy Mm -hmm. from being around people. And my real thought was, it's like, Hey, I bet there's a way that I can play to my strengths a little bit more Based on my unique background and be on camera because I think a lot of people talk about how the, their biggest fear yes. is being on stage, Absolutely. public speaking, yeah. and these things. And I'm like, well, that's it's not, you know, I get nervous before it sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. You still gotta it, when when you care about what you do, there are gonna be some nerves. And you want to do it well, but for the most part, I'm pretty comfortable in, yeah. in those scenarios. So I'm like. Play to my strengths, I got the engineering background, and and the last thing is when I was in college, I was always the document guy. My job was to write the engineering reports Mm. that described what all the data meant and translate it. So it's like, okay, and I've already got this background of, hey, I'm the guy that knows how to simplify things. That's how it all came together um, from my early background into forming what I do today with Manufacturing Happy Hour.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's awesome that you was like, especially you was triggered by amusement park rides. (laughs) Yeah which yeah. we might do one day.
1: We do, we need, to, <laughs> we need to make it down to your neck of the woods, Kentucky yeah. Kingdom, Holiday World. We got some yeah. options down yeah. in uh, World Indiana. Nice.
0: I've been to a few of them and I, I still think Holiday World's one of the best. a very yeah. nice park, very nice park. This episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation.
1: Elite Automation is focusing on AMR technologies. AMRs are autonomous mobile robots used in your facility to transfer goods or products from one side of your facility to the other.
0: This is a super powerful tool and it's a new piece of technology that us as systems integrators can utilize as a tool to leverage your company to be more advanced than the next company and be able to automate systems that at one point were not able to be automated.
1: If you have any AMR needs you can reach us at rfq at elitautomationusa.com.
2: I mean same thing for me so like lego was a massive inspiration to me um But, like, the one thing that I would say maybe was a little bit different from from Chris, your journey is I never wanted to do the highly technical stuff. Like, Mm. for me, I always knew that I wanted to be a relationship, customer-focused, conversation-focused role. Mm. Like, for me, I'm super extroverted, and I love just hearing people's stories and talking with them. So for the reason why I went to college is because I feel there at the time there was a level of – respect that came sure. across the industry where you weren't going to be viewed, um, as an industry expert or as someone who can explain stuff. If you're just a sales guy who mm. has no engineering background. Or, yeah. An engineer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's amazing how that's changed so much yeah. in the past five years mm. where now you're an engineer, but for a lot of people now it's, oh, you went to an associate. or you know, we talked to you earlier today, you know, yeah. you went and got a college degree, you know, two year technical degree. Mm-hmm. That's, just as valuable and, yeah. and, and if I more respected out there because we all know the cost of what an engineering degree can can yeah. do um, but yeah, I mean so that was that was my role of i 've always known i've wanted to be on the relationship, the people side of the business, and I knew that. Technically I could always understand stuff and that's why I have multiple engineering degrees is because I get it, yeah. but it's never been my passion. My passion now is going out there and, and that's how, what I do through video and content now is I can take highly technical stuff and break it down for the common person to mm-hmm. understand how that impacts their daily life. Yeah. And Absolutely. where Chris does a phenomenal job with, the large, engaged conversations and the thought leader discussions, I focus on how do I create the most engagement and awareness for what we're, de- what we're doing and our current, I guess you could say, stage of social media on the internet, which is short form content, and yep. and we're always battling for people's attention spans. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I figured out what can I do to create exciting, engageable content around manufacturing automation and skilled trades that people are going to understand that if they give 60 seconds or 90 seconds of their time, they're going to walk away
0: something like learning something value. new. Yeah.
2: And, and, and I think that's just the big thing is we were having a conversation earlier today where um, a lot of times people are afraid to... Um, open up a new book or open or open a, ma- a magazine or an article or click on a link because the investment that they have to put into it. Mm-hmm. And if I can create content in a way that's going to educate and if they want to learn more, they can pursue more information within that. But it's just to highlight enough where they can learn as minimal or as much as they want by the least amount of time investment, which yeah. we're all just busy right now. They get yeah. a taste
0: to learn more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and when you're competing against TikTok, that's an easy... Oh yeah. the finger. Well, yeah. I was telling
1: someone earlier today, it's like, we got to get someone's attention in less than a second yes. now. Like, yeah. that first, you need to be conscious of what the first moment of a video clip you share is, because mm-hmm. if that first moment's not good, yeah. I mean, it's it's half a second, and it's I, on to the next yeah. thing.
2: I mean, that's why I've rolled out the branding that I do. I mean, you're going to mm-hmm. see the, the Manufacturing Millennial logo, or you know, Chris, what you do with the, the yellow upper and the lower thirds, mm-hmm. when you're doing stuff like that. The brand is such a powerful thing in our industry. Personal brand is so powerful in our industry and I think the companies out there that see that personal brand can benefit them and it's not a competition to them are the ones that are going to be the most successful. And I think the manufacturing industry in a lot of cases has been the slowest to adopt that type of thing. When you look at other industries, makeup, for example, there's so many makeup companies who work with personal individuals, because that personal individual creates more authenticity in conversation than a $100,000 produced commercial does. Oh, yeah. Way more. You know, more. and so that's the same focus that, you know, I go about with my content. How can I create something that's authentic? It's not mm-hmm. salesy. They're going to learn something and they're going to be educated by it.
0: Absolutely. Was there any moment through your growing up, whether it was middle school, high school, whatever age that you felt... Uh, where you knew that you wanted to be on like the sales the the relationship building side of things because as you mentioned you started off more of the hands-on type of worker yeah
2: um i i, I want to say there was one point in something. the first robotics team right first robotics i think we've all known someone done some of those on it i was the marketing group of first robotics <laughs> so even when i was we were building robots i was the person out there when i was in you know, 14, 15 year old that was going to companies and asking sponsorships and raising money. Like that's just something I, where a lot of kids at, in high school age were afraid to go and speak in front of people. I loved it. I thrived on it. Mm. You know, same thing now where I'll go and speak in front of audiences. I love it. I get excited about it. I don't get nervous. I'm like, I'm going to go talk to 500 people and I'm going to share with them how cool our industry is. And I get an hour of their time (laughs) <laughs> to tell them what we're doing like for me that's just excitement i think the other thing as well is um when i was in college i love doing business pitch competitions so i did like entrepreneurship classes in, in college um i started a couple companies in college for for business plans and stuff like that i think like <sighs> There was like forty thousand dollars that I won in, in pitch competitions. Wow, wow that's awesome! <laughs> you know, at, at the time that, <laughs> and that paid for going to college. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things where I think I always just knew I wanted to be on the conversation side of of yeah. everything.
1: It, it's I'm, I'm going to add a couple things here because one, I have a bit of a different story than you. I didn't know sales engineering or sales was like a respectable career for engineers yeah. right like i didn't even know it existed until i was interning as an engineer at Rockwell Automation and we kind of did a round robin to learn about what other jobs were there and mm. i sat down with the person who became basically my sales training manager and i just i learned about it for the first time I'm like what there's a job where you're supposed to communicate and leverage your people skills and also be technical i'm like yeah. i didn't know this existed yeah. i think one thing i want to add though jake and i are both comfortable on camera we're on stage there are a couple things to it one we've been doing this a lot right it's not like it's nothing that just well maybe there's some element of it being natural like it took practice to the point where we got comfortable and for people that aren't comfortable using this as their medium that's a-okay too. Yeah. Everyone should yes. be the best version of themselves they can be and leverage sure. their unique strengths. We, you do videos, I do podcasts, we do a little, well, we kind of mix it up, yeah. right? But, yeah. you know, that's your specialty, that's my specialty. But writing, my goodness, that's still
2: a great oh, medium. Writing, so, is, uh, writing yeah. is such a gift. Lots yeah. lots of great ways. I'm horrible at it, but people who can do it, an amazing gift.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. and even, even, and hey, if you just want to be an engineer and behind the desk and doing all that work as well, that's great too, yeah. right? Not everyone needs needs to be us getting up on stage. So I always want to hammer that point home. It's like, hey, I, you know, when especially when you talk about unique gifts that are kind of like camera ready gifts, it's like there are a lot of great things that everyone has their unique strengths. And it's important to double down on the things you love, the things you're passionate about, and not trying to look at someone and be like, oh, I want to be just like them. Even, you know, think about what feels authentic
2: to you. You And and to add on to that as well, um, don't, try, I think this is the biggest failure when it comes to like trying to pursue influencing or creating content or thought leader. Don't compare yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Find out where you are and where you as an individual want to grow and where you as an individual want to be. Because if you're always, you know, you can have ambitions and goals, but don't be like, oh my gosh, I made a post and only had 5,000 views. (laughs) You know, and for some people, 5,000 views is like Holy cow. That's amazing. I reached 5,000 people, but it's all perspective. And, and, and just because 150 people didn't like your post doesn't mean you're not bringing value Mm -hmm. to the industry. Everyone starts somewhere. Like, you know, I was talking with you, I think last night at the happy hour thing, um, I started off with, like, 130 people on LinkedIn, and I was ecstatic when I had 100 Technically, views. Technically, you started with zero. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just yeah. – no, I'm saying that because everyone starts with yeah. zero, yeah, right? Yeah. You but, start at zero and one, two, and it, it builds from there. But, but the transition of, like, when I said I'm going to be a lot more active on LinkedIn, I had like 130 connections at the time. And um, I was happy when I had a post at 100 views. Like, I was ecstatic like holy cow I'm going somewhere and but that growth happens over time yeah it's not something that's going to happen immediately do what you're comfortable with Mm -hmm. and do what you enjoy you know absolutely and that would be my biggest you know advice and takeaway from what I've learned
0: yeah I mean it's definitely a long slow grind and and for those people who are like interested and maybe like even if they're just posting some videos on LinkedIn about some of the things that are surrounded about their day-to-day and and their work life and Or their company maybe they're on the marketing team uh video is one of those ones that are intimidating right and you'd see me you know here on this camera and 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 and, in college like you would never think i'd be on a camera you'd never (laughs) think that uh you know i'd ever go on a stage and uh if you go back, I you know, I had a fitness YouTube channel at one point in time. Okay.
1: I didn't know that. I no yeah. This is yeah. new to me. All right.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we grew to a couple thousand. I actually dropped it for manufacturing. I said, hmm. we're, we're done with this. We're going to end it today. I'm going to go 101% into there what I'm go. doing for my career and and uh, and started going down this road. Or I was already going down the road, but diving even deeper. Because I've always been somebody that's like over-executing, right? Yeah. So, and, you know, I was putting in 60 hours of work a week. Well, now I'm going to put in 80, 120 hours a week. Um to, to, to just become that expert of the industry like you know there's some statistic goes so like if you spend two extra hours every day after work you become an expert in your industry in five years
1: mm-hmm. um, well i think it comes down to i mean just a underlying theme of everything we've talked about it's consistency right malachi you're doing it jake you're doing it i'm doing it like you can't expect like you can't resu- expect big results right away and you have to know they're going to be like days where you don't get Big results along yeah. the way, even when you do get bigger. Yeah. There are going to be posts on social media that flop and just go unnoticed. Right, do, it's just the nature. Do of the it.
2: consistency <laughs> that you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're comfortable with making three posts a week, great. Just do three posts a week. If you're comfortable doing five posts a week, do five posts a week. But. Find a plan and roll off that plan. Even Don't one. try. Yeah, even start even with one, one. like yeah. just, you know, yeah. I
1: think there's, yeah. we we talk about this until we're blue in the face, but personal brands play so much into the success of companies, right? And if founders and executives aren't leveraging their strength to, to do that, you know, it's a missed opportunity yes. is what it ends yeah. up being.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and for the people that are in the marketing side of things, and they're they're looking to uh, to start doing stuff like video, you might have to do 100 videos before. They're not cringy. Mm-hmm. Like, my first YouTube mm-hmm. videos were so cringy. Oh, I'm like, God, sure. yeah. I'm sure a lot of them just got <laughs> deleted because I was like, yeah, this can't go on the internet. Yeah, my,
2: I got some really rough ones yeah. right at the start as well. <laughs> you, yeah. can, you can find ones from me that I was shooting on a cell phone that I made a stain out of duct tape in <laughs> a 2 by 4 and that was one of my first video.
0: Yeah. It's amazing where people start out. And mine yeah. was basically the same thing. I was using mm-hmm. like a stepladder or something like yeah. that. You know it. <laughs> Absolutely. So you guys have any last valuable points that you'd like to add to the audience before we go today?
1: Oh, wow. Jake, do you want to lead this one off? I'm trying to think of what I would summarize with right now. You know, I really think it
2: goes, my, my biggest value for, I would say from what I'm knowledgeable within the industry, and that's, you know, a person who's out there creating content and, and advocating what we're doing create a plan that way you're comfortable with and roll with that plan. And um, don't try and do a million things all at once. Mm-hmm. Find what you're comfortable yeah. with and um, become good at that. And then once you become really good at that, take the next thing. And then once, you, and then once you're good with that, take the next thing. Don't try and do a million things all at once because then mm-hmm. you're not going to do anything. anything well. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, now that I've had some time to think about it, I think I know what I would say. And it's really basic stuff. It's, Be consistent and be disciplined, right? I think now that I'm a little older and have the perspective of okay I've done manufacturing happy hour for you know three to six years depending on what iteration of the project you look at it's like oh yeah it wasn't anything big at the beginning but now I see because I was consistent and put it in the time I saw how it built up so now that I see that I'm like oh yeah it's all about doing the little things every day exercising running same way I'm a runner as well you know and and once you get comfortable that and you realize the process is as much fun as the result and that you know nothing ever comes the best things in life usually don't come in 6 to 12 months right it takes time to make it happen yeah. so just stick with it stay consistent is my
0: my advice to anyone that's pursuing absolutely content their career etc absolutely thank you guys thank you jake thank you chris for being on the show on the manufacturing come up we'll catch them again drop it make sure y'all bug them let them know you, they, you want the one-on-one you want to dive deeper into their story get the real backstory. Um, I think the value is all in the details. Yeah. I love getting super deep and uh, really understanding people's backstory. story. I, yeah. think, I think it's going to make a significant impact to people.
1: Happy to come back. Yeah. You're doing a great job. We're excited to watch how manufacturing come up keeps growing yeah. as well. Because if there's anything Jake and I have learned about you, it's that you are consistent and you're putting in the work. Absolutely. So only good things to come for
0: you. Thank you, guys. Cool. See you next time. <laughs>